You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you can get podcasts. So as you graduate and head out into the world, there's only one thing that you need to know. Hi, this is Jamie from Progressive. Yeah, I can talk now. Progressive protects you 24-7. So, tell me what happened. Oh, I'm sorry, Gene. Can you give me one second? Um, brush out for every meal. Congratulations and thank you. Sorry about that. I'm back. So tell me about this fender bender. Contact us 24-7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Covered subject to policy terms. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib. And Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Pizza Friday edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. The New York Yankees, 2-1 and one in their last three games. That's what's called on the streets a 667 win percentage. Pretty good. That's first place stuff. Okay, sarcastic filter off. Still a lot wrong with this team, but it feels better to record this on a Friday after a win than on a Friday after two straight putrid losses, I gotta say. Folks, make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question. We'll answer that, baby. We're going to be talking a little bit about Thursday's game, but we've been focusing too much on these individual games so far, and it's been largely a disappointing season, so no need to deep dive on one game out of 162, especially when so many of them are so boring. So we're also going to take a look at some statistics from this season and last that really might surprise you. The Yankees are putting up some mind-bendingly bad numbers, slash lines that make no sense, and a few great ones, a couple numbers that'll make you go, oh my God, I didn't think that was possible, even in a semi-small sample size. Thomas Carinante here to break it all down with me. How's it going? Uh, did you watch Thursday's game? Are you happy about it? I'm feeling a little better today than I was after the last win against the Braves, which was pure luck. This one was 65% luck, uh, 10% concentrated power of will. I watched the highlights. I didn't watch entirely. I didn't watch. It's not the game fun to watch. Minutes. It's not fun. It's to not. Watch. I don't blame anyone. I yeah. took, uh, I had stuff to do. So I was like, you know what? I had, I had enough of a stressful day. Like I'm just, I'm going to take off the Yankee sign. I'll check in with them, see what's going on. Uh, but I may have reversed. I may have reversed the fortunes of the season because uh, I have to admit guys, uh, I'm sorry if this is uh 
if this is going to indict me on on any front, but uh, I, I did pizza Thursday this week instead of pizza Friday. Oh, so uh, mm. maybe maybe that changes stuff. I, I, I don't know, but uh, I, I was enjoying know. pizza. I watched a couple of innings. I was back and forth uh, doing other stuff, and then I look back and it's a six three victory, and we had eleven hits. So, um, yeah. Uh, we could talk about that more, but you know, before we, we, everyone else, because I'm off of pizza today before everyone else is stuffing their face with pizza on Friday or whatever stadium foods, because fans are back in the stands enjoying as much as they can of the Yankees. We need to talk about healthy stuff. Uh, and this prog, uh, this, uh, podcast is brought to you by mindful health LLC featuring Didette Mays top superfood product from her earth echo foods line, cacao bliss. Nothing feels better than being able to enjoy rich, smooth, creamy chocolate and knowing you are doing something good for your body. We start with 100% organic cacao beans that are naturally kissed by the sun, maintaining its miraculous health benefits. Then we blend it with turmeric, MCT oil, coconut, Himalayan sea salt, cinnamon, and black pepper for the perfect blend to make you feel the best you ever have. The result? Fall in love with the truly decadent, healthy, guilt-free chocolate, removing your cravings, facilitating weight loss, boosting your energy, and reducing your inflammation with one simple drink. Not only that, it is friendly to paleo, gluten-free, keto, vegan, and vegetarian diets. I just got my little uh, pack from from them. Uh, it's got a little cool recipe booklet. You can make a bunch of stuff with this. Very, very few ingredients if, if you're into that type of thing. Uh, can't recommend it enough. Uh, I mean, as much as I can, I'm about to try it. I tried some of the powder and the drink, but I'm about to, I'm about to go crazy and make some rice crispy uh, chocolate bars. So it, I think it's going to be a fun time. Anyway, for the last eight years, uh, Earth Echo Foods have been a leader in the superfoods market and are proud to have served millions of customers worldwide. If you're interested at all, you can get 15% off when you use the code MINUTE15, M-I-N-U-T-E 15 at earthechofoods.com slash minute media. Again, the code is minute 15 at earthechofoods.com slash minute media for 15% off of this product. Enjoy, folks. Hey, enjoy, folks. Um, and I'm not paleo or keto friendly. I'm, in fact, rude to people who are trying those things. So <laughs> it's good to hear that a brand is ahead of me on the morality scale. Let's briefly talk about Thursday's game only because, only because, haven't talked about haven't talked about a win in a while. And the last time that we did, it was that Braves game. And we spent most of the time just ripping the team apart for squeaking by and getting lucky in a game that that one I didn't watch. I went out of my way not to watch. Felt great. I'm really good friends with it. Like, I'm a huge Knicks fan, too. Um, but I have a close friend who is the Knicks fan to my Yankee fandom. Like, the way that I stress every stupid April game, he stresses every Knicks possession. And that was the night. Uh, when the Yanks played the Braves and the Knicks also played um, the, the Atlanta Hawks and just extended their uh, win streak. Uh, oh, no. Actually, that was the Hornets game. Sorry. Um, mm. Extended their win streak to seven and then eight the next night. But, you know, big division game for the Knicks. Big Yankee game. We saw each other before those games. We sort of said we had dinner and he was like, yeah, I wish you well. Good luck with the Yanks. And I was like, good luck with the Knicks. And we both know <laughs> we were about to go into a very dark place. And I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm not going to watch tonight's game because I, I at six and at five and ten, who could care? I couldn't care. It's dark. And they won. I didn't watch. And then I didn't watch the loss either. And then I watched every second of yesterday's game. Got to soak it in. Uh, positive signs. Everything after the first inning 
was pretty good. That first inning was what it would look like to watch the Yankees if they'd been gypsy cursed. That first inning was crazy. Uh, it was like we, we'd seen bad defense. We'd seen bad offense. We'd seen it all before. That first inning had Glaber Torres late on an 87-mile-an-hour cutter above his head on <sighs> a full count, uh, struck out uh, on just one of the worst, just a pitch, uh, a pitch I decided not to swing at before it even left the pitcher's hand. Comes out high, comes in slow, still whiffing. So terrible sign. Then Brett Gardner slides, drops a fly ball out of his glove, rips single by Jose Ramirez, uh, ground ball off Mike Ford's body, double play grounder to Domingo Herman, rolls up his arm, he drops it, gets nobody out. Josh Naylor, who's hitting like 0-12 this season, rips an RBI single, and it's 3-0 before you know it. Everything after that, though, other than the triple Herman gave up uh, to the largest man in baseball, Randall Reyes, <laughs> Uh, he he struck out Naylor uh, on in an at bat right after that on some of the craziest pitches you'll you, you thought Glaber's was bad. He threw 96 at Naylor's head. And Naylor swung and missed for strike three. Um, after that, you know I'm not going to say smooth sailing for Herman. Didn't look great. A lot of hard contact. There was an inning where there was rip in the hole to Glaber backhand got the out. Rip to first base territory and somehow it hit forward and he got the out too. um you know seven hits in six innings only those three runs allowed to earn fine that i mean for a fifth starter fine i'm not terribly concerned with herman you know an unluckier outing if the balls bounce a little differently in that game he gives up six or seven earned um i'm just not thinking about him i feel like they can get rid of herman if they have to he's not someone i'm going to stress over though he got out relatively unscathed uh the offense put a lot of guys on base like always Rugnet Odor worked a two out at back, got a 2-0 pitch to swing out, ripped it up the middle, almost hit an umpire. I was pretty confident it was going to hit the umpire and cascade right to Cesar Hernandez for some sort of ridiculous out to further ruin my life. Uh, Higashioka is the best Yankee. Kyle Higashioka is the best Yankee. Really ripped is. a 400-plus foot home run to center field. Dead center. Dead no one center. can get it out to center. Fran Mil Reyes couldn't get it out to center. Um, Higashioka, you know, he's not the starting catcher. You were saying last night, he's probably the starting catcher for at least what you said, eight MLB. I think teams. eight. Yeah, I think that's fair. I don't know if I disagree. Uh, a clearly good baseball player who hits the ball where it's pitched. Got the rally going in the third inning, too. Uh, that's the first time this year, and not shockingly, that the Yankees have overcome a three-run deficit to win a game. The two teams that have trailed the most in baseball this year, the Yankees have trailed 15 times. Uh, and the Red Sox have trailed 16 times. I might be one off on the, it might be 14. No, that's right. I saw that stat too. Disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, the Yankees and Red Sox have trailed the most Red Sox are respectable 12 and eight Yankees are not respectable seven and 11. Uh, so you got to start fighting back. It was Thursday night, the start. I don't know, but facing a Cleveland team with objectively good starting pitching for this four game set seemed like a, just another disaster in a long line of disasters. And that was a good job to fight back and get the win. A lot of hits, Glaber three for five, a lot of walks, bullpen looked great. A roll is chairman. Disgusting. Again, more positives than negatives from this game. Absolutely. Uh, however, you know, if we're going to di- look, <laughs> not Glaber, zero negatives, no, not zero, zero negatives, but look, I will, I, I, the, the thing that I was, um, the thing that I was excited most about based on me checking the score in the, in the bottom of the first and seeing it th- uh, be three, nothing was the resiliency because we haven't seen any resiliency from the Yankees at all this year. This was the, this was the very first time uh, we got a nice, like comeback win after a solid deficit. Uh, how many times this year have we seen a tie game one, one or two, two? And we're like, yep, this is a loss for them. They're just, it's, it's no way they're coming back from it. Anyway, they rebounded. Um, I know Indians shot themselves in the foot a few times, uh, but good to see Glaber kind of break out. I know they were all just singles. 
Um, Higgy is Higgy. That's the only guy that we're not really, you know, grilling at this point in the season. And uh, nice to see Odor get a couple of hits. Uh, but, you know, the rest of the lineup, Brett Garner bat leadoff, one for five. DJ, one for four. Judge didn't get a hit, walked three times, but managed to strike out twice. Mike Ford batted cleanup, zero hits. Aaron Hicks, one for four, still batting 161. Clint Frazier, another 0 for night. He's down to 163 with a 209 slugging. I can't be too excited. And look, Herman, I agree with you. Not, I'm not worried about him because look, he's either going to perform or we're going to forget about him. And quite honestly, a lot of Yankees fans have already forgotten about him uh, because he's been out of baseball for so long and the allegations or whatnot, whatever you want to call them are, were, and still are uh, heinous. And you don't want to see any of that ever with a player on your team. Uh, but guess who's worse than the Yankees offensively this year? There are four teams, and one of them is the Indians, who are slashing 210, 290, and 383 as a team. Um, so, look, I understand it's major league talent. I know they have some good guys in the lineup, uh, and it's no small feat to pitch against any team in major league baseball and and, and uh, provide a quality start. But I can't be too excited about Herman's efforts uh, even though he was optioned after his first two bad starts. Um, hopefully this is a sign of him getting back on track in some respect. I do uh, I, I, I do like that he didn't implode uh, against one of the worst offensive teams, but um, it's not like he was facing, you know, the White Sox or the Astros or, or something like that. Like this was not not entirely impressive. And like you said, a couple more bounces, uh, really make this an, an unpleasant start. But you know what? Six innings, 90 pitches, fairly effective. I'll take it. Uh, and I think we have some other positives to to look at here, at least for me. Um, Jonathan Lewisaga is a guy who we, last year, were lobbying for to get those one uh, one high leverage inning outings because we loved his stuff. We loved the potential. Um, and we wanted to see it in action because he was an in-betweener spot starter, middle reliever, garbage time pitcher. High, like he was brought in in all these situations. And that's always the problem with the Yankees. You see them have these guys with potential and they don't have a role for them. Case in point, Nick Nelson, the other night starting a game, which he doesn't feel comfortable doing. If anything, whether you think Nick Nelson's good or not, it doesn't matter. The fact that what we've seen so far is that he certainly profiles as a multi-inning, one-inning reliever because he has the stuff. He throws hard. His off-speed stuff has been connecting at this point. So to start him in in a, 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 it's to start him in a game where he's I know he's previously been a starter but hasn't been in that role at all at the MLB level just seems irresponsible. So I'm glad to see Loisiga getting these one-inning outings. I know he's pitched a couple of multi-inning outings too. But guess what? In his eight appearances this year, 12 innings, 13 Ks, a .75 whip, 1.50 ERA. That's what we have been dying to see. And he's rebounded after all of the calls, um, not exactly for his head, but there was a lot of uh, why are we bringing this guy in towards the end of last year? Speaking of the Indians, he came in during the wild card game. Couldn't Oof. preserve, couldn't preserve. It was, it was bang, bang, bang. He could not preserve the lead. It was like, it was given up in a flash and fans were like, all right, we're done with this experiment. We're not doing it anymore. So uh, if we're going to talk positives, he's my biggest positive. Um, I've been loving his stuff. I've been loving uh, watching him pitch and his resiliency after what had happened last year to me has been one of the, the lone silver lining so far. 
Yeah, Johnny Lowe. I mean, a six-three. No, not all six-three games are built different. Are, are built the same way, right? It, it took the okay. Yankees a two-out hit to get the five-three lead here. Higashioka's homer gave him a little breathing room. Chad Green came in, looked great. Gave it to Chapman, who looked out of control. And we will, you know, talk about that more in a second. The eighth and ninth were handled pretty well by the Yankees bullpen, and it was a three-run lead at that point. But with two outs, Odor gets the lead. Finally, the Yankees have a lead to work with. James Karinchak comes in. Clint Frazier has a chance to add, gets into a 3-2 count, great A-B, stares at a fastball down the middle. Don't know what that was, right in the happy zone. But it's 5-3 now. The bullpen has to get in order. It's Loisago against Jordan Luplo, who was one of those guys who banged one off the center field wall against him last postseason. Uh, Cesar Hernandez, who was terrible all year and was on fire today. I believe he had three hits. And Jose Ramirez, who was one of the five best hitters against the Yankees in Major League Baseball history. They were showing that last night. It was like what? Shoeless Joe. Yeah, it was like <laughs> Shoeless Joe Jackson, Ty Cobb, Jose Ramirez. Like, these guys don't miss. Uh, it's something like a near 400 average for Jose Ramirez, if not higher, against the Yankees. And Luplo pops out. Cesar Hernandez rips one in the hole. And now Ramirez is the tying run with Eddie Rosario on deck. Ramirez, he, he fights him, fights him, fights him, grounds one pretty hard into the hole uh, eventually. Uncorked a nasty changeup in that at that. Uh, gets the force at second, nearly double play, not quite. So Rosario's up, couple fastballs. He gets good rips at him and fouls him off. One, two, he throws a high changeup that is a terrible pitch. Two, two. Three, he throws another changeup on two, two. Another horrible pitch, you know, bet, just bad, nowhere close. So three, two, Higashioka goes back to the changeup. And everyone's like, uh, well, this is either a strikeout or a game-tying home run. There's no in-between here. Or a walk, and then the next guy, you know, has two guys on, two outs. Perfectly executed changeup gets him. And from that point on, I was kind of like, well, this game's over. And that's because, you know, Loisaga could have tipped the game in the wrong direction. And he didn't. He was awesome. We are going to take a quick break. When we come back, statistics, you need to know some good, some bleak. Stick around. Progressive presents Forced Metaphors. About bundling your home auto and other vehicles. In hockey, it's the goalie's job to protect the net. And in life, your net is your home and auto, but also your boat, motorcycle, RV, or ATV. And your goalie is the round-the-clock protection offered by Progressive Insurance. Well, and also the savings you get when you bundle. So in this metaphor, you have two goalies, which is okay because, you know, it's just a metaphor. Forced Metaphors, presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. Welcome back to the Yanks Go Yard podcast. So some of these numbers are mind-bending. Some of them are broken. Some of them don't feel real. It's been three weeks, not an insignificant amount of time, not a truly significant amount of time, but it's what we have to work with. Some of these stats date back to last year, though. That's what's most important. A lot of these are much larger sample sizes. I'm going to start with my favorite. I'm starting with the positive because it's just something I want. I want my mouth to say this uh, on recorded tape. I want... I want to know that I said this at some point because this is actually legitimate. Aroldis Chapman splitter. We've all seen the reactions. Aaron Boone went viral reacting in the dugout to it. We love it. Uh, but I'll, people have been talking about this recently. Uh, the pitching ninja era of pitch gifts and stuff doesn't fully encapsulate a pitcher's effectiveness, to be honest. Every pitcher at this point throws between 97 and 102. Every pitcher, no matter who it is, is capable of providing some gift that makes you go like, whoa, is this the best pitcher in baseball history? Meanwhile, Oliver Perez is still out there, you know, recording outs, throwing 82 and, and 71 mile an hour sliders or whatever. So a pitcher has to actually be effective. The pitch doesn't have to just look nasty once. Aroldis Chapman splitter, 2021, 
He threw one on Thursday. Got Roberto Perez swinging and missing for, for the first out of the ninth. Pretty cool. Ten splitters this year. Seven swings. Six misses and a foul ball. Over six with six strikeouts against the splitter. 2020 and 2021 overall, including the playoffs. 16 splitters. Ten swings. Nine misses in that foul ball. Over nine. Nine strikeouts. We're still hitless on the splitter. And Aroldis Chapman has not pitched as much as you probably want him to so far this year, considering the Yankees are 7-11. and 11. He is working on a 24 strikeouts per nine ratio. This three-week stretch, apparently we found the perfect amount for him to throw. Like, never too much rest, never too much stress. This is the best he's ever looked in his major league career. He truly has, and I'll be the first to admit, earlier in the offseason, I wrote an article about how it was a bad idea for the Yankees to sign him to a contract extension because he was kind of, re, he's been re, he's been slowly and gradually reinventing himself as the closer uh, because he no longer can throw 105. Uh, and like, like you just said, there's guys all across the MLB who throw 98 to 102. It's not really, you're not really a unicorn anymore. Roldis Chapman was a unicorn for his ability to hit triple digits regularly not really doing that so much anymore. And I was a little bit nervous that, oh, great. So he's now developing a splitter, which we're not sure if that's going to work. And he signed a contract extension that pays him $16 million a year. And now this team is hell-bent on staying underneath the luxury tax. And we need starting pitching. We need a lefty hitter. We need a utility infielder. There's plenty of other needs on this team than a high-profile closer of Chapman's caliber. But guess what? Um, I love eating my words. I love when they're punched down my throat and Chapman's doing that so far. Uh, feels good because now the end of games, uh, even with Britain out, uh, we're really not sweating them. Uh, I know there's been very few opportunities uh, for Chapman so far this year, but let's get him out there a little bit more. Let's see more of that splitter and uh, the more comfortable he can get with that ahead ahead of, uh, you know, when we hit down the stretch in the postseason, the better it's going to be for everybody. Um, should we go into the negatives? Oh, yeah, obviously. Why? There's only so many positives. Why is it good? We love Chapman. We love, and now yeah. this stuff. All right, guys. Well, uh, so we we wrote about today uh, that there are four slash lines currently in this lineup that y- you simply will not believe. We're three weeks into the season, and right now you look, you go to the ESPN box scores, and you look to the right of all these players' names, and you're like, "What is this? Is this the independent league? Like, what is going on?" Uh, first. Let's talk about Aaron Hicks. And we also have interesting wild stats baked into all of these slash lines. So um, through Aaron Hicks, first 16 games, totaling 65 plate appearances, he's slashing 161, 277, 232. Uh, I, I, it, and it was, and guess what? That's, that's the good because that it, he was batting under a hundred for, for a decent amount of time. Um, and it's gotten to the point where he's usually successful hitting as a lefty. That's where you look at his career stats and splits uh, as a lefty versus a righty pitcher and versus a righty as a lefty uh, versus a lefty pitcher. Um, This year, he's hitting 108, 250, 108, and 44 plate appearances batting from the left side. Uh, As a righty hitter against left-handed pitching, he's hitting 263, 333, 474. Obviously, there's a big difference in those plate appearances. He has 44 hitting from the left side, 21 hitting from the right side. So, Obviously, the smaller sample size is probably going to help him out at this point, but the power and the 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 uh, I'd say the comfort in the batter's box to me has kind of been night and day. 
don't really know what's going on. Could it be residual effect from the Tommy John surgery and he doesn't feel as comfortable hitting lefty? I don't know. Um, but that is, that, that's just, it's glaring at this point. And Hey, we, we do have good news. If we want to bake some more positives in here, he's, uh, he has an OBP of 500 in his last eight plate appearances. So let's, uh, let's, let's pump our brakes. Let's look at that. Let's, let's not fully indict him for this slash line, but it is really bad. Um, uh, hopefully we have more to look forward to, uh, second, another just unbelievable slash line. You're not going to believe Clint Frazier. Uh, like hey. I said, another over night last night, he's hitting 163, 265, 209. So I guess the positives here is that him and Hicks are both OBPing a hundred points, at least a hundred points above their average. But when you're batting in the one sixties, like I pray to God, you're getting on base one out of every four times you're hitting the plate at this point. Um, very discouraging. However, I know we can blame Aaron Boone here partially for kind of jerking him in and out of the lineup, but Frazier's had his opportunities. He's had 14 plate appearances with runners in scoring position. He's hit 167 with a 286 OBP across his 14 games, which have been, uh, which have totaled 49 plate appearances, two extra base hits, both of which are doubles and only six walks. Um, but do we really want to get into what's the, the craziest stat of him this entire year? Uh, I don't know. He swung at only 56% of balls in the strike zone. And he's swinging overall 35% of the time. He is swinging every t- that for reference, every 10 pitches he's swinging, he's, he's, he's not swinging. He's, he's swinging at, uh, he's not swinging at more than six of them. So I, I, we, and we saw him last night face uh, fastball right down the pipe. He's looking Same at thing. the bat. There's no flinching. He doesn't even flinch. The bat doesn't come off his shoulder. Um, so, I, that's, I think that's what we could all, that's all we could draw from that. I don't know what's going on with him. I, I want him to rebound. He has this lightning quick bat. That's really not being brought to use. You're swinging at 35% of the pitches. You're just, I don't, you're not looking to hit. And it's not like he's not seeing strikes. He's seeing plenty of them. Um, lastly, uh, I want to get this one in before we throw it to you, because I don't want to end the, the pod on fans flipping out because this, this is the most hated Yankee right now. And I think he's been the most hated Yankee for a couple of years due to frustrations with him at the plate, due to frustrations with him being able to stay healthy. We got John Carlos Stanton, the $325 million slugger. Who's averaging 27 million a year on his salary to only play DH. Remember that he is not playing the field and guess what he's slashing. He didn't play last night again. He's gotten he's gotten three games off so far this year, and he has he all he does is hit. He doesn't he doesn't play the field, so there's very little strain on his body. He's slashing 158, 238, 333 across his first 15 games and 63 plate appearances. He is swinging and missing at nearly uh, 20% of strikes that he's seeing. He's swinging at uh, pitches out of the zone at a 35% clip, and this this gets my blood boiling. He has seen a first pitch strike 60% of the time he's at the plate and he is still batting 158. I don't know how it's possible. I don't know how there's not a coach on this fucking team that has approached him with a scouting report and says, Hey, look, dude, you're getting fastballs right down the middle. Even if they're not fastballs, you're getting whatever down the middle of the plate. Guess at one pitch. That is that you think might be coming on the first throw from the pitcher and take a hack at it. Do something because hitting 158 when seeing 60 percent 
of uh, when when you're seeing a strike 60 percent of the time on the first pitch is absolutely egregious. I, I, I there's no other way to describe it. I don't understand his entire ethos, but I don't need long at bats from Giancarlo Stanton. Really? There are so many people in this order. I want long at bats from and Mike Ford, honestly, is one of them. Like he can't be swinging first pitch. I'm sorry. And yes. he did a lot on Thursday. Um, judge Aaron judge was the least protected man in baseball in Thursday's game. He still managed to strike himself out twice, but they've got Mike Ford behind him. He's doing that long loping swing. He's popping up again. He's not showing the power he exhibited in 2019. I'm frustrated by Mike Ford. I don't understand why he's not an immediate upgrade on Jay Bruce. Um, can, does anybody hit? Do, do we have people who hit the Chris Gittins hits? I think, um, but yeah, I, I, I don't need John Carlos Stanton staring at baseballs. I don't need anybody staring at baseballs. I need patient at bats on occasion from some people. And Cliff Frazier puts up great at bats. He put up a great at bat against Karen Jack yesterday, fouled off some pitches in the zone at the fringes, good rips. And then on three, two, just what would, I don't know. I don't know why you wouldn't be looking for a fastball down the middle at any point. That's supposed to be everybody's favorite pitch. We love that. Um, but Stanton, I don't need long at bats from, I just need powerful at bats that make sense. And so if it's the first pitch change up breaker fastball, just be ready to stub that into the right field seats, that great Stanton swing where he goes oppo, like just be ready to, you know, lift that breaker at the bottom of the zone and jack it. Like, I, I don't know what we're waiting for there, but Stan is not a viable player. If he's hitting 150 with not much power, I, I mean, that's. Nah, he, he's there's he's early career a rotting he homered in the game when they were down a trillion to tampa last friday yeah he, he doesn't look he's only looked like a yankee in 2018 and last year's postseason so um i'm gonna close this on one stat that's a, a two-parter and is also definitely disturbing me glaber torres who adorably said in the aftermath of thursday's game you know finally i get to help the team is great three hits uh Shortened up on an 0-2 up the middle line drive. Got the uh, inning in which they ultimately scored the Odor runs going. Uh, love the guy. Uh, he was a 22-year-old superstar in, in 2019. I don't understand what's happened between then and now. Unless it is the shortstop thing destroying his head from the inside out and his confidence. And it very well might be that. But I don't need him to be, you know, an all-world shortstop. I just need him to do what he can do with the plate. So last year confusing season didn't look right from the jump uh but looked good in september and in the playoffs homered twice and hit 700 in the two-game cleveland series everything sort of was rounding into form had a good spring training hit for power at the end we all sort of felt last year was an aberration not shocking and if it was great because a lot of people were really messed up in 2020 i would never hold that season against anybody but so far this year power's not there either Defense wasn't there in the early going. He's getting back in rhythm. I'm not sure why he's still working his way into form. This year and last year, 233 consecutive plate appearances in the regular season. Three home runs from a guy who hit 38 in 2019. That's not going to do it. And with the bases loaded since the beginning of 2019, hit that famous grand slam against Eduardo Rodriguez in the Red Sox series in August 2019. Since the beginning of that season, three for 25 and so take out that at bat we all remember and it's two for 25 this team has trouble with the bases loaded in general the odor hit last night was the first since dj lemayhew's single with the bases loaded on april 7th the Yankees have loaded the bases plenty these past two weeks plus 
and they didn't have a hit with the bases loaded between then and now. Weird issues with the bases loaded for this team. I am sure if you check the stats, they are firmly in the middle of the pack with the bases loaded. Not terrible, not great. I'd love them to be great, though. It would be great if one of the greatest offenses was at the top of the pops with the bases loaded. And Torres is three for 25. And overall powerless last two years is really starting to disturb me a little bit. It's troubling. And if we want to talk about his slash line, 219, 315, 250. So he's not hitting for any power, as you can see by that slugging. And he managed to up his slash line to 219, 315, 250 with three hits last night. So that's how bad it's been. Usually if you're performing horribly in the beginning of the year, well, not usually. Every time you're performing horribly in the beginning of the year, a three-hit game does wonders for your slash line. This did wonders for his slash line, and he's still hitting 219 and getting on base uh, at just just barely over 300. So that's concerning. Uh, One more thing I forgot to add about Aaron Hicks, which I guess could signify uh, positives going forward. He's made contact with over 80% of the strikes that he swung at, but he's batting just 161. So you have to guess that's somewhat of bad luck and that he's just missing the barrel or he's just, you know, not, he's getting it off the end of the bat. I don't know, but if you're making contact with 80% of the strikes you're swinging at, conventional wisdom would suggest, like I've said a million times, it's like randomly filling out a Scantron while taking the SAT. You're you're like guaranteed to get one out of every four right or something. So like this can't, it, the, the amount, the, the percentages are not lining up. I know it hasn't looked bad. He's also swinging a lot of, at a lot of pitches out of the zone, which is uncharacteristic for him. Um, but that's that hopefully can be telling uh, for what's to come. And Glaber, man, oh, all we can, all we can hope for is that Thursday was a sign of something else, literally anything else to come because everything that we've seen has not been great. I'll take a three for five day, but three singles from a guy who has been known for just cranking it out of the park and getting extra base hits is, is, I mean, look, it's Yankees fan complaint. Like, of course, we're going to find a way to, to whine about a three for five evening. Uh, (laughs) But when you look at the totality of everything and you dive a little bit deeper, it is, it is somewhat concerning, uh, especially because guess what? The Yankees don't, the Yankees still have to face Shane Bieber and Tristan McKenzie in this series. I know, uh, I know McKenzie's not exactly on, um, on uh, Bieber's level, but guess what? Yankees have had a lot of trouble hitting guys who are early hunting their career. So uh, glad they got that win out of their uh, system last night. And hopefully they could take advantage of Logan Allen, a lefty in their righty heavy lineup. So this is the other game to win before you potentially disappoint us on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, I'm hearing rumors of a rain out too. So if you're listening to this after Friday, uh, you'll know, you'll know the future, but um, good to get a win. Got to keep moving forward. And we need, we need Glaber Torres to be a superstar. Uh, we just like, he, he can't be average and he can't be good, but with no power, he, he's got to be a star. He, and he's been in every playoff series he's played in. He has been front and center, the team's best hitter. So uh, that's kind of nuts, but we need to see a little more, a little bit more of that guy. Um, the, the guy from 2019, he doesn't have to hit 38 home runs every year. That's, that's not what I'm asking for, but I need to see progression and, uh, you know, good step Thursday, not quite enough. These stats are troubling largely, except for the oldest Chapman one. Hopefully most of them turn around, but once again, not the oldest Chapman one. That is it for this Pizza Friday edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review along with the mailbag question. We will be more than happy to answer it. I've been saying that in my sleep, I think, for the last six months. Until next time, I'm Adam Weinrib. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinrib. 
And I'm Thomas Carinante. You can find me at Tommy's underscore takes on Twitter. Please yell at me for breaking the Pizza Friday rule. But then again, I might have single-handedly turned around the Yankee season. Uh, we'll see what happens tonight. Hopefully we uh, we don't get this rain out because I don't really want to play two uh, seven-inning games on Saturday or Sunday, whatever it's going to be. Uh, but in the meantime, head on over to yanksgoyard.com. We got plenty of content for you. And talk to us on the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at yanksgoyardfs. Uh, and everyone enjoy your weekend as best you can. Uh, hopefully the Yankees kicked it off, uh, as, as best as possible. Um, but we're not going to be holding our breath for, for, uh, much more success after this. Anyway, no, I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, you yeah, can't, we'll talk to you on Monday though. See you Monday, everybody. Don't hold your breath. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.